Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode, this one being episode 20 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode number 20. We are into the second decade of episodes for the Box Score Sports Podcast. Obviously, I think we all know the way this one's going to start. Biggest story in sports this last week. The National Championship for College Basketball. Uh, Kansas and North Carolina. Now, I know a lot of people out there were convinced at halftime that North Carolina, there's no way that they can lose. And, oh, they're underrated. Eight seed. They're already up. They're guaranteed to win. They deserve it, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't say nothing. I kept my mouth shut because I knew. I knew. Game's not over till it's over. It's March. Not because I decided I think Kansas is going to win this, that, and the other, but because it's March. There is not a single more unpredictable period of time in sports than the March Madness tournament. For college basketball. It is the single most unpredictable period of time in sports. So, until that clock hits zero at the second half, I'm not picking who's winning or who's losing. Doing the bracket challenge every year is so hard because how do you truly decide what team is going to win or lose? What's the deciding factor? Because it doesn't follow the same rules as most sports do. Who's the better team? How do they play against teams like this team? There's more to it than that. I don't know what it is. There's some kind of something in the air when you play college basketball in this tournament. So, good for Kansas, man. What a a game. At halftime, they were down 38-22. to That's... Insane, and then they come back and win 72 to 69, the biggest comeback in title game history. What a game! That's all I can say. Watching it was crazy. The final four games were crazy. You know, there was just so much good basketball played. I thought for sure that we were gonna see our first blowout, you know, but like I said, the game's never over till it's over. It's really it for college basketball. Other than that, not too much happened. Moving on to the NBA. Really cool story. After this last win for the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul has helped set franchise records for how many wins a team has with four different teams. In 2008, he set the highest amount of wins for the Charlotte Hornets, or the New Orleans Hornets at that time, 56 wins. Then on the Clippers in 2014, he set the record for most wins for the Clippers ever, 57 wins. 2018, he set the record for the Rockets at 65, 
And then just this year, 2022, he sets the record for the Suns, 63 or more, depending on whether or not they win more games in the remainder of the season. He also did a very good job in Oklahoma City. A lot of people forget about that, and they won't give him credit for it, but what he did in Oklahoma City and his effect on that team, it's a known fact that everywhere Chris Paul goes, he changes the environment. He alters the entirety of the team. You know, you look at the win-loss records of the teams he's been on, teams like the Rockets and the Clippers and the thunder and so on and so forth they went from a below 500 team to an above 500 team and the only thing that changed was chris paul so clearly the man deserves some credit because he has quite an effect on the teams he plays for i just thought that was a really cool story and to give a little more credit to one of the best to ever do it for sure it's an exciting time for nba fans basketball fans and sports fans as well You just finished the national championship for college basketball five days from today. So four days from the day this episode comes out, the play-in tournament begins to determine who gets the final seed of the playoffs for the NBA. And then nine days from today, eight days from the episode posted, the playoffs themselves start for the NBA. So clearly there's a lot to look forward to. Now, speaking of playoffs, all Lakers fans, you guys can go ahead and leave because this doesn't pertain to you, clearly. Um, Lakers are out of the playoffs, man. That's crazy. Something else that's crazy. This record that they have right now is the worst record of any team that LeBron James has been on, ever. So that's a little sad. Crazy stat that's almost unbelievable. The Lakers finished with 31 wins the last time they played. They've had more starting lineups this season than they have had wins. 39 starting lineups. Now, I don't think that that is an excuse. You could claim that it's a chemistry issue. You could claim that it's an injury issue and that at all times there were key players hurt, but... That's sports. It happens. You look at the 49ers the year after they went to the Super Bowl. They had one of the most injured teams in the history of the sport. It happens in every sport every year. It's unavoidable. It's just a part of the part of the sports. You sacrifice your body. You wake up and go to bed every day affecting your body. Your sport is dedicated to your physical aspect. Obviously, it's mental, but it's primarily physical but like I said regardless of that that is not an excuse to have more starting lineups than wins you ask me Frank Vogel's got to go I think they need to go and get Doc Rivers as a coach personally but Vogel has got to go something has got to change because what I see here is an opportunity for a coach to prove themselves if you have enough influence on a team regardless of LeBron being your best player who's a coach in his own you take the fact that you had all these starting lineups and stuff, you use that as a leverage to motivate you to want to be a better coach and show that you're willing to adjust and can make anything happen in any certain scenario. But 
that's not the case. It felt like Frank Vogel made no attempt to make anything change this season. So if you ask me, I don't think he belongs as a coach on any team for at least this next season. And that the Lakers need to go ahead and target a different coach. And I knew from the jump that targeting a little bit older players was a mistake. Obviously, you want to stay young. I kind of understand it because LeBron is a little older, so that would kind of mean that you're in a win-now mode. But at the same time, nobody's doing what LeBron's doing right now. We've discussed this before. So that's not really an excuse. It would make sense if he was only averaging like 12 points a game and four assists and three rebounds on 22 minutes. But no, he's playing 40 minutes, averaging 30 points. He's just different. We know this. So I don't think that the Lakers went about this season properly, and clearly there are some things that need to change. Other than that, I know that I'm looking forward to the playoffs coming up, and I really hope you guys are too because there's a lot to look forward to. I don't know how many times I've touched on this, but I'm going to do it again. There are a lot of good, worthy teams left in the playoffs and eligible for the playoffs, I guess I should say. Translating to a lot of good basketball, man. We've already seen a pretty good glimpse at what the playoff teams could be playing against each other. And I think that's a very small fraction of what we're going to be seeing in the playoffs in the next two weeks. So I'm looking forward to it big time. I think it's going to be a great offseason this year for the sport. Or not offseason, postseason, excuse me. Other than that, though, that about wraps it up for the NBA. Just a quick thing to touch on. Um, Today, which would be the day before the episode is being posted, the MLB opening day is finally began a little bit later than planned just because of the whole MLB lockout situation. So finally, baseball is officially back. I did get the honor of going to a spring training game uh, this last week at the Tigers Stadium playing against the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Tigers won, which is somewhat of a surprise because the last time I checked, every single prediction for the season has the Blue Jays somewhere in the top three and the Tigers right just below the middle of the water. You know, so I'm looking forward to the season for the Tigers. They went and got Austin Meadows, who's a really good player to have in your role, you know. And Torkelson's been looking pretty good. He's finally in the lineup. Javier Baez, another offseason acquisition. We'll see if he can uh, live up to the expectation, if you will. And then a lot of great players like Akil Badu and Tariq Skubal and Jaimir Candelario and all these great people that, They're smaller names, but they put on a bigger show. Casey Mize, I'm looking forward to him. He's been doing pretty good, so we'll see how that goes there. And then on another page of things, the Masters for the PGA begin today as well, the day before the episode is posted. And it is officially the truth that Tiger Woods is playing in the tournament. Great to see him come back from another fatal injury I think that just goes to speak on how great of an athlete he truly is, even more so that he was now able to come back from two major, major injuries. So kudos to him and best of luck to him through this weekend. Um, I know I'll be rooting for him the same way I root for any great player just to see the legacy carry on. 
Last thing I want to talk about today, the NFL and the draft. It's not too far away, only about 20... 21 days until the draft from today. It'll be 20 by the time this episode posts. It's on April 28th. And I want to go over my projected top 10 picks. My mock draft. Box score sports. I do genuinely believe that Aiden Hutchinson is going to go first overall. I think that it is too consistently known that he is the safest pick in the draft whether I actually think that or not um between the NFL teams and the analysts and professionals and all this stuff it's it's pretty well known that Hutch is arguably the best player in the draft and from there it kind of alleviates into multiple options as you go farther down the board but the one consistency I've seen is Aiden Hutchinson for the first overall pick so I'm gonna agree with that one Personally, the second overall pick, the Detroit Lions. I do think that they're going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I don't know that you get much of a more complete player at that position. Some would argue Trayvon Walker, the defensive edge out of Georgia, but no one, you weren't really hearing his name until the Combine where he posted the fastest 40 time of a defensive lineman in the history of the NFL. Which I'll admit was very impressive, but there are a lot more things to pass rushing as an edge rusher than speed. And Kayvon Thibodeau has every single feature that you would look for, including size. So I do think that Kayvon Thibodeau will go number two to the Detroit Lions. With the third overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, I have the Houston Texans taking Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama. The kid's a raw talent. He's built to play the position. And if you've seen videos or pictures of him, he's actually very thin for an offensive lineman. Which, for a team looking for offensive linemen, that is literal meat on the bone. You're looking at somebody who is already excelling at their position, and the first thing you're going to do is to add a few more pounds to the kid to make him that much bigger and more powerful just to make him better. I mean, if I'm an offensive line coach and I have one of the first five picks in the draft, my fingers are crossed and I'm on my knees begging my owner to pick this kid up because he, in my opinion, is the undisputed best lineman this year's draft, offensive lineman. On to the fourth pick for the 2022 NFL Draft. I have the New York Jets selecting Ikem Ekwonu, the other tackle out of NC State. Here is another very talented young man. He has a lot of the same features that Evan Neal has, except he's already got the size. I mean, he's shown a very consistent ability to move quick. His footwork is one of his most attractive features as a fan of football. So I'm definitely think that the Jets are going to go safe here, as I believe they should, and start rebuilding the right way by drafting a solid O-lineman where you can't go wrong. With the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft, I have the New York Giants selecting Garrett Wilson, the receiver out of Ohio State. 
Now, some people think that they might they should go offensive line at this point, but I personally don't quite agree. If you look at what happened this year with their receivers, there were a lot of red flags. They went and did a trade with Detroit to get Kenny Galladay, and we all saw how that turned out. He didn't even have a single touchdown on this season. And he was hurt for a portion of the games. And then you look at Sterling Shepard, another great receiver on the team. He was hurt a portion of the season. Darius Slayton hurt a portion of the season. And even in the games that they did play, not much productivity out of them. So I think that they go and looking for a receiver to hopefully fill the gap that they had this last year. Although I would more than understand drafting an offensive lineman, potentially Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, just to give Daniel Jones that much more time in the pocket, which could potentially be the difference maker between successful receivers and not. Moving on to the sixth pick of the NFL draft, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting Malik Willis the quarterback out of Liberty. I think that you look at a player like Malik Willis, and I see a lot of imagery that reminds me of Michael Vick. They have very similar 40 times at almost the exact same weight, and he has a cannon of an arm. The kid can throw a missile just as Mike Vick did. I think you have the closest thing to Mike Vick in a kid like Malik Willis. And I'm very excited to see how he'll turn out. And I think that a team like the Panthers could definitely use him as they've had some QB struggles over the last handful of years here since they lost Cam Newton in his prime. With the number seven pick in the NFL draft, the Chicago Bears. I have them drafting Charles Cross, the lineman out of Mississippi State. Now, I mentioned before that he could potentially go to the Giants at 5, but let's say he doesn't. I have Chicago picking him up here, as it's a known fact that they need a little help there. They've built around their young quarterback, Justin Fields, and I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's going to be the guy they go with at this time. They did lose a couple of key factors for the team, being Allen Robinson, arguably their best receiver. He didn't properly get utilized last year. It is what it is. And then obviously one of their best defensive presences, Khalil Mack. On the same hand here, I could understand with them going with Drake London, the receiver out of USC, as they did just lose Allen Robinson and didn't really move too much in the offseason to get a free agent wide receiver or make a trade for one. With the number eight pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, I have the Atlanta Falcons going with Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Not a lot of mock drafts have two quarterbacks going in the top ten, but I think that the Falcons could definitely use it, especially after getting rid of Matt Ryan. Yes, they signed Marcus Mariota, but how consistent has he been in the last couple of years? He hasn't really had a lot of play time. He had a very small and quick prime. I don't know that it's something you can trust. I'm thinking maybe him and Kenny Pickett run a somewhat of a dual role and trade back and forth, kind of like Justin Fields and Andy Dalton did. So I would be looking forward to a quarterback there for the Falcons as I think that they are in dire need of it. Next up at number nine, you have the Denver Broncos. 
Now, I personally think that they try to go with a linebacker here. In my personal opinion, the best one available at this time that works for what they have going on would be Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Obviously, they're lacking in the linebacker department since losing Von Miller last season. But on top of that, they need a little bit more help in the second and third levels of their defense. Just for the fact that they don't really have any to begin with. And then lastly, with the 10th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Seattle Seahawks. I actually have the Jets trading this pick with the Seahawks so that they can go ahead and get Ahmad Sauce Gardner the cornerback out of Cincinnati. I think that they are going to be very eager to get him in the top 10. And personally, I think that they're going to trade to get that 10th pick so that they are able to get him after seeing that he does not go anywhere. Because you wouldn't want to lose him to a team like Washington or Houston, teams that could definitely use the secondary help and... It just makes sense. I think it's a known fact at this point. Almost every mock draft has Amat Gardner going to the Jets. It was really difficult for me to not put Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton in the top 10, as I am a pretty big fan of his. He reminds me a lot of Harrison Smith. But I definitely think that he will be very close behind the top 10. He will most definitely guaranteed be in the top 15. But other than that, that's my top 10 picks mock draft for the upcoming draft. I figured it'd be too much to go and through the full 32. So for now, you get the top 10 of the Box Score Sports 2022 mock NFL draft. That is about it for this week's episode, you guys. Although there was a lot going on, there wasn't a lot going on at the same time. I think that the capacity of things like Kansas and the National Championship held more impact than I am able to put it into words, if you understand what I'm saying. So, without further ado, that is this week's episode 20 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. You know what I'm about to say. Hit us up on socials. Hit me up personally. Let me know if there's something you think I'm missing on the podcast. Stay in touch. Share it. Spread it. Show the love. I will see you guys next week for episode 21. Peace out. Five, six, oh, I'm back with the five, but on a different scale. I'm back on my feet, just like I tripped and fell. I'm secretly bending all the scrolls of secrecy. I frequently murder these rhythms evenly. I balance decency. Underweather, my parents, they helped me build up the toughest feather. Watching power book wine glass laying on Tuscan leather. When I pop, family gon' benefit it. Trying to convert the Drake style, squeeze in a pinch of Kendrick. High class music, upper scale, and I remain on. In touch with my partners who be struggling and invade home. The seeds that I grew turn to trees. And it's funny cause now I be that nigga in club sections with shades on. Oh, yeah. I'm popping my shit, watch while I demonstrate.